With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom, what up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Farmers. Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. When it's game time, have an experienced player help you stay ahead of the game. Put their experience into play at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Well, uh, looks like we're uh, off to football season. We will talk some college football with Brady Quinn, uh, who, of course, moves from the studio to the booth this year as we get ready for college football, Big 12 Media Days, SEC Media Days, soon Big 10 Media Days to be underway. And uh, I, I love what I heard from Tua Tavailoga. Does it feel like we're going to see Clemson, Bama, and the rest doesn't matter? We'll ask Brady Quinn upcoming. But I, I do want to start with this discussion about Baker Mayfield. And it's interesting where we've where we were, where we are, and where we're going in terms of the media and the people the media covers. When I got into this business, I remember thinking, okay, how can I separate myself? Lots of people, maybe almost every person, had a shtick 
think of the the people who are successful covering basketball, covering football, uh, to a lesser extent, baseball. You know, Dick Vitale's, oh, let me tell you, Mike Krzyzewski and Tom Izzo and Roy Williams, they're unbelievable. And John Calipari, right? Everything was great, better than ever, unbelievable. He's a PTP. He's a prime type performer. There was no negativity there. And I didn't want to come across as Mr. Negative. I just felt like there was a lack of realness to, and this is not a shot at Dick Vitale or uh, Bill Raftery, who are longtime legendary figures in calling college basketball. Even in college football, if you go back and you watch 20 years ago, you realize that most eyes were dotted with hearts. And so I tried to find what I thought was a balance between being relatively positive, but also being real and being honest and being forthcoming. And sometimes maybe the viewer or the listener wasn't, hasn't, been ready for that because especially in college basketball where on tv i cut my teeth it's always been covered in such a positive manner that the moment you say hey this is not good it's met with you're a hater you're a hater that's where we are okay? the when simon cowell was a hater when simon cowell was just that was terrible he was honest maybe to a fault So when I read this article about Baker Mayfield and Mina Kimes paints this picture of a boy named Gavin, whose parents shrug at the mention of public stumbles from Baker Mayfield. Sure, they don't want their son done everything Mayfield's done, but they're happy that a tiny kid like Gavin has found a relatively tiny quarterback to admire an overlooked athlete. One of the world's most famous walk-ons is now in college football history who proved doubters wrong. His height, his flaws, his story, it all makes Mayfield seem more real to them. Like a human playing position normally reserved for superheroes, he is who he is, and he doesn't apologize for it. You know the amazing part about the realness of Baker Mayfield? We actually cover Baker Mayfield as if he set the world on fire last year. We've actually, for the most part, the members of the media that I work with a lot of them have backed down from the flaws of Baker Mayfield. We focus too much on, yeah, he was drunk off, you know, in, at the University of Arkansas and got chased down by cops instead of simple on-field uh, production. Like we've, we, we went from as media members not reporting the flaws, overlooking the flaws, to now because he's a cult figure saying how great it is, how real he is, and still not pointing out the flaws. It's okay for you to fall in love with Baker Mayfield because people have told him he's too small, he's not athletic enough, and yet, remember, he is small, he's not crazy athletic, and by the way, against the good teams that he played last year, the Ravens twice, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Texans, the Broncos, those are the good teams defensively. 10 touchdowns, 11 interception, 57% completion percentage. They were 2-4 and four in the year. And I believe all but one was after the coaching change. And if I point that out, I'm a hater. Like, it's amazing that people, fans, 
embrace athletes because they believe that the athletes that break through and are real and are honest and are flawed, and yet if we point out that they're real and they're flawed and they're not perfect, somehow we become a hater. Right? I mean, this is basically the 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 President Trump deal, right? Right? Now, because I, I think that's one of the things that draws some people to Trump. Yeah, all right. Maybe he maybe he shouldn't have tweeted that out, but at least he's being real. Like, or maybe he shouldn't have tweeted that out, or maybe he shouldn't have thought that, let alone tweeted it out. But if you point that out, you become a hater. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that remarkable? Like, it, it it's we we so badly want human beings, but when we point out that they are in fact human beings. We're the bad guy for pointing out they're human beings. Uh, the media is just not honest with us because you don't really actually want honesty. You want the assumption of honesty or you want the honesty from the actual subject, not from the people covering the subject. Look, Baker Mayfield is a great story. He is an rem- amazing story. Whatever his decision-making, because remember, he was offered scholarships. He just wasn't offered a scholarship initially at Texas Tech and chose to walk on at Oklahoma. But it's not like there's no one who wanted it. But he was a walk-on. He did win the Heisman. He was a finalist three times, one at once. He did lead his team to, na- to, the, to the national semifinals. And he has changed the culture, for the most part, the, uh, for the better, of the Cleveland Browns. But we've, got, we've, we've reached the point where now you can't say anything that's anything other than positive. Even though one of the reasons you like him is because the only things that are mentioned are only totally positive or seen as totally negative. It's a bit of a catch-22. Uh, there's an immense amount of pressure on the Cleveland Browns. I do think Baker performs better when there is that amount of pressure. Although in times in the past, he's tried things. And when they played in the playoffs in, in, at Oklahoma, he tried to force things early on. He tried hero ball. That didn't work. But as everyone at Oklahoma told me and people who evaluate him for the NFL, he's unbelievable at defending his own players and guys love him. Just like he, he had some, ter- some stupid criticism of Giants fans needed to support Odell Beckham Jr. more. Like, what are they, what is he even talking about? He's literally talking about something he has no idea. What he's in Cleveland, he doesn't know that how Giants fans felt about Odell Beckham Jr. But it, it's all part of Baker's deal is he, you're either all with him or you're completely against him. And he uses that as his motivation. It's amazing what he's been able to accomplish being under six feet tall, not being a great athlete. But he is under six feet tall. He isn't a great athlete. And if not surrounded by great players, sometimes those flaws get made more pronounced. And that's not being a hater. That's like Baker Mayfield himself being real be sure to catch live editions of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at noon eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app i'm saleha mosin and i've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the united states in 2016 i saw how voters were leaning towards trump and how so many americans felt misunderstood by washington so i started the big take dc 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who knows more about 
lofty, almost ridiculous expectations in college and the NFL than our own Brady Quinn. You can see hear him every Sunday on Fox Sports Radio alongside Jonas Knox at 8 Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. And of course, he'll be in studio every college Saturday on Fox covering college football. I'll get to college football in a second, Brady, but g- give me your sense of of what changes from year one to year two for a guy like Baker Mayfield in a town like Cleveland where you've quarterbacked the Browns and there's now expectations that are raised around this Browns organization. Yeah, it's funny you phrase it in that way because my rookie year, I really didn't get to play until week 17, but our team went 10-6 and that year. We didn't make the playoffs, but very similar situation in the expectations heading into 2008. Um, we, we brought in Sean Rogers, we brought in Corey Williams, some really good defensive linemen. Um, at that point in time, our offense was kind of clicking on all cylinders. Um, so, you know, it, it, things were looking up in Cleveland. You could sense the optimism and the hype. Uh, and it reminded me a lot of, I think, where the Browns kind of are right now. I think the only difference maybe being all the different moves that they've made now over the past two years. And obviously coming from an entirely different point where they only won one game in two seasons. So, um, you know, it's very, very similar, and I think the the thing that I always say to Browns fans to caution them, and this is coming from a Browns fan himself. I grew up rooting for the team and obviously lived out that dream of playing for them, but this is the NFL. It's really, really hard to take that next step and, and then to stay there and be there consistently and then take that next step where you're like New England and you dominate your division and you dominate in the AFC. Um, and so seven wins last year, that was great. Um, it's a good you know, starting point, and obviously the everything they did in the second half of the season once Freddie Kitchens took over full-time on the offense, you, you continue to see Baker develop, was huge. But now it's, can they continue that? How do they handle all the expectations with all the additional big egos and personalities in that locker room? And, and also the change. I mean, look, they're changing scheme defensively. How's Freddie Kitchens going to handle a lot of things that come up as a first-time head coach? I think the one thing they have going for them is they have one hell of a staff with Todd Monk and as their OC, Mike prefers their special teams coach and all that. So they've got a lot of the right pieces from a coaching standpoint to help temper some of those personalities and all that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not like Pittsburgh and Baltimore are rolling over in that division and just going to let them win it. So it, it's going to be a fun season to watch. I can't wait to see I love watching Baker play. I think he's a hell of a player. And I'm, I'm glad Clinton was able to get him. They, they, he only had... 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions against the five good defenses he faced in six games. What, what does he have to improve upon? Obviously, they getting Odell Beckham Jr. improves their personnel uh, with a number one wide receiver to go along with you know Jarvis Landry in, in year two. But when, when you watch him play, what's the thing that can help him take that next step? Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's a mistake that a lot of young quarterbacks make. Really, any quarterback at any point in time in their career – there was times when he got overzealous, he pressed a little bit, made some decisions he, he didn't make to, need to make and turning the football over. And look, with snaps and time, that goes away. You know, that goes away. And I think, look, as their defense improves, that also goes away. You know, he's not going to be put in the position where he has to do that. So th- th- those two things, I think, are going to, in my mind, be the difference for him this year, where he takes that next step. And, and look, he, he could... He could stay at 27 touchdown passes as long as they continue to run the football effectively and he cuts down some of those interceptions and their defense improves. That might be enough to get it done and make them a playoff team. 
Brady Quinn joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's delve into college. Uh, something you're gonna, you guys got a great new studio team that you're a part of uh, on Big Fox. And, of course, Big Ten Media Days about to get underway. Big 12 are already underway. SEC Media Days are underway. And because you have Tua back, because you have the two-star quarterbacks back, and because there's so much, so many, pers- so much personnel back for both teams, there's the assumption it's Clemson and Alabama and everybody else. Do you agree with that assumption? Yeah, I, I think it's hard not to think that way, only because of the one, the talent too they've been able to recruit over the years. I mean, every single year they're in the top five recruiting classes. A lot of times top four top three and so that's part of it the fact that they've probably got the best two quarterbacks in college football coming back this year that's a huge piece of it um the coaching you know head coaches as well so uh, all those things kind of point to, to these two teams meeting uh head on at some point in time uh and you kind of ask yourself okay what could get in the way well for clemson look the, the acc is the worst in the power five right now and, and people may take exception to that because clemson just won a national championship but that's it that's all they got right now. There's not a lot of uh, parity in that in that uh, conference. And outside of Clemson, it's kind of everyone else. Um, you can look at the preseason rankings if you want to get some sort of indication of that. But I mean, just just go back and look through the years until Florida State, Miami, and some of these other schools in the ACC really come around. Clemson's not going to have a hard path at getting to the college football playoff. For Alabama, it's obviously different because they play in, in arguably the toughest division, in the SEC West. The difference, in my opinion, with Alabama is their schedule. I mean, for starters, they got two buys. Um, they, they have an FCS opponent before, uh, I, I think, L, or they have a buy before LSU and an FCS opponent before Auburn and the Iron Bowl, um, which, you know, again, you never know what Auburn's going to be this year, but it's a rivalry game and you never know. But the way their schedule you know, stacks up, too, you kind of look at it and say, not that they have a free pass, but it sets up for them to succeed, win the West, and probably a showdown with Georgia in the SEC championship game. And that's the one team that could spoil you know, the matchup of seeing uh, Al- you know, Alabama versus Clemson again at some point in time in the college football playoff. My biggest question would be, if Alabama runs the table, uh, you know, as far as the regular season goes, once they get to the SEC championship game, if Georgia beats them and they're undefeated too, do you leave out a one-loss Alabama team that just lost an SEC championship game? We haven't really seen anything like that. Usually when teams make it, they, they didn't win their division. They didn't even have to play in that 13th game in the conference championship game. Alabama was that team. Ohio State was that team in the past. We haven't seen a team that lost in a conference championship game get in. That would be an interesting scenario if it did play out. Is is this the year for Michigan? Everything would point in that direction, but I love everything Ryan Day has done, just from the, the coaching hires, I think, and replacing some pieces that have moved on, whether it's you know Greg Madison, who, who dates back to some of my time with that at Notre Dame, um, or, or even just you know the way he's kind of handled some of the pressure and, and keeping, I think, a lot of the things that Urban Meyer built, but kind of also tweaking it and doing it his way too. Uh, I just I think the biggest question is is Justin Fields going to be the five star recruit that Georgia thought he was going to be and that Ohio State hopes he's going to be, uh, and then how much better can the Ohio State defense get? But th- Michigan has every opportunity this year, right? When you look at their schedule, even non-conference, right? Notre Dame comes at their house. Um, but they, they should have every opportunity this year to be able to win the Big Ten and, and kind of turn the tide and maybe take over a little bit with Shea Patterson coming back, Josh Gaddis yeah. now changing the offense to really fit more of his style, more of that up-tempo, more of that spread that I think we saw Shea Patterson show promise with during his time with Ole Miss. Yeah, no, it's going to be fascinating considering how, how sluggish they look. Granted, missing several players in the bowl game. And, of course, 
uh, beaten by Notre Dame early in the season. We'll, we'll see if they can eliminate that and then the, the Ohio State game. Brady, can't wait to see you in studio. Appreciate you catching up. We'll listen to you Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate you having me on, Doug. Have a great day. All right, it's uh, Brady Quinn, of course, one of our lead analysts, college football. You can hear him on Fox Sports Radio every Sunday with Jonas Knox as, uh, as they cover everything. And, of course, we're leading into football season. Who better than a guy who starred at Notre Dame was a starter in the National Football League. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The the Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul trade was made official yesterday. (laughs) And this from Sam Presti, of course, is the longtime general manager of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He selected Russell in the NBA draft. He said, Russell Westbrook is the most important player in the brief history of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He has left an indelible mark on this team, the city, and state. Now, I mean, look, (laughs) it's impossible to not see that as a slight towards Kevin Durant, right? It's, It's impossible not to. Um. And I think on some level it is, but I, I also think, and, and, you know, I, there's, there's gotta be some bitter feelings, not in that the relationship between KD and the Thunder ended, but where he went and how he went there. And remember, the, the Thunder were left with the type of feeling, uh, hey, he told us he's coming back. He, he didn't, and I'm not sure what he's supposed to say at his last, at his exit meeting press conference, but at his exit meeting press conference, he said he expected to be back the next season. I don't believe, uh, as was reported, that he told Russell Westbrook he was absolutely coming back before he took the meetings. I believe he said what he, his company line had been, which is he believed he was coming. There's a difference in the semantics of it. And look, Russell Westbrook only stayed, what, three more seasons? So it's he played two seasons more in totality than KD. They both won MVPs. Russell, of course, averaged a triple-double the last three games. Um, and in truth, like, Russell Westbrook asked out. He wanted out. Now, some of it may come from the fact that his name was linked into that Toronto trade, potentially with Paul George. I felt like once that was in there, once that got out and it was made public, it was over between the two. But I'm guessing that he knew once Paul George went in and asked out, and Paul George apparently was uh, open about that with Russell Westbrook, he knew it was over. So KD, I guess, looks worse because he was a free agent left on his own volition. But I, I don't understand how Russell Westbrook asking to be traded and not want to ride it, ride it out through a rebuild isn't just as bad. But this is Sam Presti. Picking sides. And I'm not sure I see the win in it. Maybe it's because they had turned the fans and the fans had turned on their own against Kevin Durant. But shouldn't he have simply said 
he represents one of the two indelible superstars in the history of our franchise. And we we ca- couldn't, cannot have been more honored to, whatever you want to say. He has left an indelible mark on the team, on the city, and on the state. I think it's it's really impressive. But it's also interesting that Russell asked out. You know, when Paul George, I am sure, went to Russell and said, like, hey, man, I don't think this thing's this this dog's gonna hunt. Like, I don't think so either. They wanted off the ship, even though they had signed long-term deals. And maybe ultimately Oklahoma City ends up benefiting from having them under contract and getting so much back in return as opposed to getting nothing for Kevin Durant. But they were under contract and asked out as opposed to KD, who is not under contract and left. I fail to see how Russell Westbrook, in reality, his actions were better than KD's. Like because he signed a contract that was bigger than he can get anywhere else and then wanted to be traded two years after signing that contract, somehow he's a hero? I, I, you want to talk about uh, the misuse of the word loyalty. Right? Like what Paul George did was even worse. Like you signed a four-year contract. And one year into the four-year contract, you want out to go back to... And look... Again, I think what Presti has done is brilliant. Brilliant. If the guys don't want to play there and you can get top dollar, if you're not, you know, if, if you're not unloading something and, and getting nothing back in return. I, I, I do. I think it's brilliant. On the other hand, and I don't think it's sinister what Paul George did, but I don't think it's great business. Just because you don't want, you don't think you can win. Like, you still had Russell Westbrook. You still had Paul George. You still had Dennis Schroeder. You had Steven Adams. Why can't you win? Unless you're not good enough. You, you know, like, the, the Warriors aren't nearly as good as what's, what they once were. And I don't see anybody there jumping ship. Uh, do you? I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't see this one. I, I feel like this is this feels petty to me. It, it's not the level of pettiness we saw in Cleveland from Dan Gilbert when LeBron left, but it, it feels petty to me. K- KD obviously is a dude who who struggles with his own decisions, struggles to find happiness. You know, I just I, I don't this this feels petty. This feels like. It, it feels as embarrassing, and most of you know, I consider Oklahoma City, my, and Oklahoma, my second home. And I spent more time there, and in Connecticut, and in California. Like, those are the places I live. Oklahoma City is a place I call home. But I don't, I don't get this. Between getting dressed up as cupcakes, you know, and taunting Kevin Durant as he goes and wins, you know, two finals MVPs. Like, that's fan pettiness. That's going to happen. When you're Sam Presti, this, even if it's not what you, how, how you thought it would come out. Like, look, I just want to say great things about Russell Westbrook. He's been a great dude. 
Russell Westbrook's really hard to coach. Russell Westbrook got worse as a shooter than he did. That's about his work ethic and about his mental focus. I get it. He struggles in terms of how many hours he can put in the offseason because he's had you know, multiple knee surgeries. You don't have to come out and slam Russell Westbrook like, ah, well, he was great, but he was hard to coach and he couldn't shoot and he wanted to do things and dominate the basketball and he's a high-volume shooter and a high-volume machine. Like, no, you don't have to say those things. But you also don't have to take a shot at Kevin Durant when he's been out the door for three years. Right? This is your second, your second wife leaving you and you're still bitter that your first wife left. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This just in from Agent Wojnarowski, uh, NBA insider. Story filled. Uh, story's just been filed. Oklahoma City's discussions to move nine-time All-Star Chris Paul onto a new destination are parked and increasing expectations exist that he will start the season with the Oklahoma City Thunder. With that, let's welcome in Rick Buecher. He, too, an NBA insider, writes for Bleach Report. You can see him on Fox Sports 1, all the TV shows, Speak for Yourself especially, as well as Undisputed, and uh, on with Colin Cowherd. Uh, Is this just a case of that's a terrible contract and they can't (laughs) find a destination for it? Or is there something more at play? Well, no, I can tell you that they made the deal not having a set place to move him on to. I can also tell you that it's their intention to move him on, that, that Chris Paul uh, and what the Oklahoma City Thunder are, are trying to do right now uh, are not a match. So uh, saying that it's parked, uh, okay, it's parked, that they take the keys and that they throw them in the river, no. Uh, I, they're... They're searching for a partner, and I believe it mu- as much this is Chris Paul not wanting to look like he's some sort of vagabond at this point, and just I, I, I know that he's going to have his druthers in terms of where he goes. Miami would be a place that he would be open to. Minnesota is another place that I've heard uh, if, if they're desperately wanting to get off of Andrew Wiggins. So um, would, they, would they consider that? Would Oklahoma City consider that? Uh, bottom line is Chris Paul's very much is going to be in play and is not part of Oklahoma City's future. Uh, if they are unable to move him before the season, it won't be from a lack of trying. You know, it's it's. Uh, can I give you my read on it real quick? I, I feel like sure. um, I feel like the story that was yesterday was um, there's a deal to be had there, but the Heat want both their draft picks back. Right. And now the story today, and so they're not motivated to make the move. So now Oklahoma City, you know, through Woj, hey, we're just going to, maybe he'll just open the season. This just feels like negotiating through the yeah. media, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, there's, there's no question that this is posturing. I mean, whoever, whoever's reporting it, that, that if, you, if you take a step back and you look at what Oklahoma City wants to do, uh, they want to move Chris Paul, our what is it going to cost them at this point to move him? That's the sticking point. So unless we're talking about that, 
Anything else is just posturing. Rick Buecher joining us. Do you think the Westbrook marriage with James Harden ultimately works? When you say works, <laughs> what, do you, what are we trying to accomplish? That they won't kill each other? Yeah. That they will... <laughs> I Will it work? It's not, it's not going to bring them a championship. So, no, it's not going to work. Is it going to make them any better or worse than last season? I believe that Russ Westbrook actually might be better. People might look at him in a different light playing with Mike D'Antoni and potentially playing with more shooters around him, uh, or playing for Mike D'Antoni, I should say. Is it going to make the Houston Rockets any more of a threat to win a championship in the Western Conference? I have no reason to believe that because it's still going to be take a number, your turn, my turn. Yeah. Uh, I just don't you. see a way in which this pair combines not only to, to, to work efficiently together but to get everybody else working efficiently as well yeah and then and then you have the the status of mike d'antoni kind of a lame duck status to be a new staff and i don't think russell westbrook is completely uncoachable but he's not easy to coach and it's a lot harder to coach a guy when you don't have a long-term contract and you don't have a staff that's been with you the whole time well and and that you're not one really for confrontation and it's i mean the if you look at the array of coaches that Russ has had, none of them have been willing to, by all appearances, stand up to Russ and say, this is the way we need you to play for us to be effective. And I believe that he could be better for Mike simply because Mike, uh, if, if I'm going to rate Scotty Brooks, Billy Donovan, Mike D'Antoni from an offensive X's and O's standpoint, uh, Mike Mike has a gift for making guys look good and putting them in a sweet spot, particularly guards, particularly ball-dominant guards. So I can see where he he might make Russ look more effective than he, than he ever has. But I still don't see how that's going to make this team uh, better than it's been with Chris Paul or anybody else. Sean Marks went on a New York City station and – and and said basically like look they didn't even have to recruit Kevin Durant he committed to them before they ever talked to him mm-hmm. and, and and then he <laughs> take a listen this this is this is Sean Marks take a listen I think everything has to change slightly you know we haven't had that type of talent you know and that's across the board I, I'll put all our three agents in that not just the two of those guys that you mentioned all of them in there things are going to change things are going to adapt they have to. They have to start driving the culture. That's that's what it's all about. We have to learn from them. These guys have been in the league. They're elite-level players. And we have to see what we can learn from them as well. It's fascinating, right? Um, going to, like, stop me if you've heard this before, but Kyrie Irving is going to a place that has a great culture and has played and allowed a point guard to exceed any expectations. And he's going to come in and they're going to change some things slightly. He's going to teach them, like, doesn't this feel like both... Boston and Golden State all over again? Well, again, Doug, we're looking at reports or media or interview that really looks past what's really going on, which is Kyrie Irving, and he was being truthful when he said we didn't have to recruit. It wasn't the Brooklyn Nets making the decision that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were going to become Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant decided we'd like to be Brooklyn Nets. 
And the Brooklyn Nets said, well, how can we say no to two guys like this? I I really like, respect, and admire what Sean Marks has done uh, in his first turn as a GM. I, I love what he's done with the Brooklyn Nets. But this, this is really unfair to him to put him out there and try to explain what they're, what they're doing because it, it wasn't in his hands. It was, it was KD and Kyrie deciding to become Brooklyn Nets, and, and now he has to explain how or why they're going to make this work. And so what else can you say except we got two guys that are going to be the biggest personalities and stars that we've ever had it's completely anathema to what i've done with this this franchise up until now and so we're gonna have to make room for them because you know what we don't have any other choice so none of that would suggest that it's going to work or that it's even the healthiest thing to do i mean if this was if there was conversation between Sean and these guys, and there's any kind of negotiation, uh, there was any part that the Brooklyn Nets had in this marriage becoming so, it would have been, hey, how do you, you look, like, this is what we've been to this point, um, how do we make this work? There's, there's been none of that conversation. It's, it's Sean trying to figure out, okay, I've been given these two very talented but troubled stars. How am I going to make it work? Well, I'm I'm going to have to I'm going to have to listen to them and figure it out. And then you have the Boston Celtics, who today welcomed in Kemba Walker and Ennis Cantor to their franchise officially. Um, take a listen. This is what Danny Ainge had to say earlier today about uh, about the plans for this offseason and how they ultimately landed Kemba. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we thought we had it. He he said like this was Plan A. Now I don't know if he's if he's full of it or if it's Plan A after. But I I thought Kemba. I mean Kyrie was Plan A. Yeah. Um, I, I like all the things that Kemba said. Like look look at the, how the point guards have succeeded. I've never won. I want to win consistently. What do you think of Boston? Because it feels like they may have lesser talent, but may be a better fit with their new pieces. Yeah, they may. This is what we're going to find out with this group. We're going to find out how much no one's seeing them coming and with after Kyrie and Gordon Hayward got hurt and how much that was a motivating factor for them being the underdogs, how much of an impact that really had two years ago when they went to the conference finals. Because, yes, they have... Uh, lesser talent than they had with uh, with Kyrie. I don't think anybody's going to put Kemba and Kyrie in the same category. I think they're going to, but Kemba as a leader certainly uh, gets higher marks than he does. But I look, Danny Ainge is really dodging a major bullet here because no one, but no one, and I'm a little surprised by the Boston media on this. He lost Al Horford and Kyrie Irving. For Kemba Walker, on what planet do you lose that kind of talent and then turn around and say, this is what I intended to do and get away with it? I, I get the sense that you're looking at that with, uh, with a bit of a squint. I would hope that everybody would because however you look at it, 
Danny Ainge put together a team last year that underachieved mightily, mm-hmm. and then two of the pieces walked out the door. And if you want to say Kyrie Irving, you know, is addition by subtraction, that's fine. Um, and you can say that Al Horford would have, was, was asking for too much. But the bottom yeah. line is, you lost those guys. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Um, but I also think it's fair to like, look, we'll, we'll find out how good Jason Tatum is. We'll find out how good Jalen Brown yeah. is. Uh, because now they'll have the ability. They won't have the, the built-in excuse of Kyrie was holding his back. And, right. and, and I, I agree. I, I thought, I thought the, the this was plan A thing was, uh, it was BS. I mean, that's really like, right? That was not their plan A. I, I do think that landing Kemba, landing a, a high-quality free agent third out of the last four years, uh, kind of disproves the theory that free agents don't want to go there, but there were some other right. factors kind of uh, working in there. Um, Andre Godala, where does he end up? Boy, that's a good question. I At this point, I don't know because a lot of it has to do with, you know, the Memphis Memphis did this with Mike Connolly. It's why Mike Connolly wasn't moved at the trade deadline is that they wanted a, uh, they wanted a King's ransom for him, and then they sobered up and, and took what they could get. Andre Iguodala is sort of in the same camp. I'm sure that they're – what I've heard is, you know, they're looking for a first-round pick in, in making this move. They, they ultimately may get one, but it's going to be heavily protected. And so that, that's really going to determine – uh, where he ends up. I don't get the sense. This is what's interesting with both Chris Paul and Andre Iguodala, and I, and I need to do a little more homework on this. But teams are usually very conscious of we, we don't want to just move a guy. We want to move a guy, and we want him to be happy where we move him because that sends a signal to any other player that comes joins us that says, hey, if it doesn't work out here, we'll take care of you on the way out. But Memphis is in a little bit different. Andre's not their guy. And Oklahoma City, to a certain extent, Chris Paul's not their guy. So I don't know how hard they're going to work at putting them someplace that they want to be. Um, <laughs> the bottom line is the Golden State Warriors were not happy with Andre Iguodala and the things that he said about the medical staff, and they've, they've put him in a very difficult position with the Memphis Grizzlies and not being able to decide ultimately where he plays as he closes out his career. Yeah, they send him to basketball purgatory, right? They send him to, to Memphis. 100%. Um, 100%. Kind of weird two days of stories with Rich Paul. So Clutch Sports yesterday, they lost Marcus Morris, fired him, and Nerlens yep. Noel fired him. And listen, yep. this does happen in basketball, as you know. It happens more with draft picks or guys that go undrafted. They fire their first agent, they hire the second agent. But Marcus yep. Morris, of course, committed to the San Antonio Spurs, then reneged on it and signs a one-year deal worth $5 million more per year for only one year with the Knicks. Then he fires Clutch Sports. Nerlens Noel, who bet on himself a couple times over and has not reaped any of the benefits, he fired Clutch Sports. But then Clutch Sports today apparently was was bought up for $300 million for, by, by UTC. Um, what's the rep of clutch sports today in the NBA with players? I, I, don't, I don't know that the Marcus Morris or the Nerlens Noel decisions move the needle uh, as far as it, you, it, you are hiring Rich Paul and clutch agency for a particular goal, which is, uh, I, I, I don't care about my relationship here. I have a certain destination 
I have a certain thing that I want to get done here, and I'm willing to burn bridges in order to do it. Rich Paul has looked at that guy who is is willing to do whatever is necessary uh, for his client uh, and to, to get him where he, he wants to be. Now, obviously, things went a little sideways with Marcus in terms of how that worked out and what Rich was trying to accomplish, but... Uh, it's it's a little bit, little bit like the late Dan Fagan, which is uh, I, I'm not worried about uh, being the bad guy. I'll be the bad guy in order to get you what you want. The Marcus thing, the Marcus Morris thing. I, I still honestly feel like it's more the exception than the rule for the way guys look at Rich Paul right now. Hmm, interesting, uh, Rick. Great stuff. Thanks so much for your perspective and all the insight you give us in the NBA. Look forward to seeing you more on Fox Sports 1. Read your stuff in Bleach Report. Appreciate you joining us. You got it. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.